Baruch Hashem, New Year, New Parsha Shmuzing, Be'ez Hashem, Parsha Lech Lecha, this week, the Seat of the Shemaya. So, I want to pinpoint one particular Yisoyed, which I believe to be a very important Yisoyed, of all the Yisoyed, which can help Seat of the Shemaya all of our lives. It says the Parsha famously begins, Ba'yoyim Hashem al-Avrom, Lech Lecha ma'artzecha, Umi mo'y l'adetucha, Umi be'y sa'vicha. So there it is, Avraham Avinu is told an instruction, which is a hard instruction, one of the nisyonis, one of the tests that Avraham Avinu Baruch Hashem passed, and that was to leave his home, his friends, his comfort, everything that he was used to. Go and travel to a place that you don't even know what it looks like. You don't even know what's going to be there. Who knows? Picture the scene. You have to leave America. You've got to leave the pizza stores, the restaurants, the comfort of having your own room. You know what it's like. Come to Eretz Roll, where you have American mattresses, pancakes for breakfast, freshly squeezed orange juice, mama's the masseuse never. Can you imagine the masseuse nefesh of what that is? To come. To go and learn Torah, Avraham Avinu, leave everything. Leave everything you're comfortable with. And go and listen to the Rabbi Nishraelim and he passed the test. What an act of mysterious nefesh. Wow! Avraham Avinu! What an amazing thing! But we forget. We forget that there was someone that went with Avraham Avinu. There's someone that attached himself and followed Avraham Avinu's footsteps. And that was Light. Light followed as a good chassid his Rebbe, if the Rebbe's going, I'm going. And if the Rebbe's leaving, I'm leaving with him. And Light, in an amazing act of mysterious Nefesh, decided that he's going to also leave everything. And he's going to travel together with Avraham Avinu. And he's going to go and follow wherever the Rabbi Nishalayim tells him to go. And what happens? We forget about the end of the story. Light is the hero of the Parsha in the beginning of the Parsha. And towards the end of the Parsha, all of a sudden, light. Terrible. Stoimah Amoya, what happened to Lot? The lowest and lowest of Madregas, he fell and he fell till he slept with his own children. How did this happen? What happened to Light? Such a tzaddik appeared to be going after his Rebbe, Messiah Snafesh. In the beginning of the parish, Light was the hero. By the way, none of the other Talmudian went, only Light. Everyone stayed behind. Oh, but Light, he went with. What an amazing thing. What happened to Light? He leaves his Rebbe. He leaves Avram's warmth, his guidance, the Shechina. And all of a sudden, lower and lower till he lives with his own daughter. And the Mishpacha can never come into Klal Yisrael. Why? What happened? What happened to Light? What did he do so wrong? How did he fall so quickly? He was by Avram. He was the biggest Talmud of Avram. Avinu, the biggest Chosid. Mesiris Nefesh leaving his town to follow Avram. And then he left Avram. And what happened? He was left to become one of the lowest creatures on planet Earth. Rabbi Sai, I believe the Yisoyed to answer this question is one of the most powerful Yisoyedists to help us in our time in Yeshiva. Let's go back to history. Let's go back to history. It's always good to understand a little bit of history, what went on. 
Rashi puts us into a little bit of place. And the Torah at the end of last week's parasha mentions to us a place called Ur Kastim. Now we know that Terach had three children. It wasn't just Avram. There were two brothers as well. Brother number one was Nahor, number two was Horon. Says the Torah in the end of last week's parasha, right before Mufti. Terach had three children, Avram, Nahor and Horon. Says the Pasuk, Vayomas Horon. Horon died. How did Horon die? The Torah doesn't say. We don't know how Horon died. So Rashi fills us in with what has to be the most famous Medrash of all time. They always say that, but this one is. This one, everybody, I don't believe there's a person in this room that doesn't know this Medrash. We grew up with this Medrash. We all know the Medrash. Rashi brings it at the end of last week's parasha. How did Avram's brother Horon die? So Rashi brings that, fills us in with the detail that from a famous Medrash that Avram's father, Terach, was in charge of the idol shop, of the Avodah shop. And he wanted to go out one time. She says, Avramela, do me a favor. Look after the store for me. I need to go out. I need to have some time off. Look after the store. So Avram says, Dad, don't you worry. I'll take good care of this store. Can I know the Avodah Zorah is going on over there? Avram says, don't worry, Dad. Leave it with me. I'm going to do a great babysitting job. So the father leaves, puts the idol shop in his father's, in his son's hands, trustworthy hands. And Avram's waiting for the first customer to come in. First customer walks in. Avram says, the guy says, uh, little boy, could you give me an idol, please? I need an idol. So Avram says, oh, wow, how old are you? He says, I'm 43 years old. Wow, that's Gavaldic. I have a fresh idol. It's so fresh, you can f- smell the wood. It's mummish, it was made 20 minutes ago. You want it? The guy's a little bit humiliated that he's a 43-year-old taking a brand new idol. He says, no, it's okay. I think I'll be okay. And he turns around and leaves. And he does this with every customer. So nobody walks into the store. Until eventually, as we know, he smashes every idol. His father comes back and says, hello. What's going on with you? I left you with idols. I left you to do business to make money. This is what you do. He says, it wasn't me. Those two idols, they had a fight. The Prussia had a fight. They were arguing. They were arguing about something. And it started to turn into a fist fight. And before you know it, everybody got involved and boom, this is what happened. Terach said, are you crazy? These are idols! They don't move! They don't do anything! And mom says, ah, is that so? And he turned around as what? Terach takes his son, Avram, by the ears. He says, I'm going to teach you a lesson of your life. And Terach takes his son, Avram, to Nimrod. And Nimrod was the Rosh Hamem Shalah of all Avoid this was the man that had every Avodah Zorah in the book. And he comes and said, look what my son did. He ruined everything, all the idols, it's all gone. So Nimrod says, okay, you know how we're going to punish him? We're going to put him into the fire. We'll light a good fire, nice barbecue. We'll put him in and we'll see what type of suntan does he get. So Avram's ready to go. Avram says, sure, no problem. I'm ready to do this. By the way, who else was there at the time? Horan, Avram's brother. And Horan's looking at what's going on. He's like, what, what's going on? What's happening? So Horan says the following to himself. He says, you know something? If Avram Avinu leaves the furnace alive, I'm on his side. I'm going after him. But if he comes out in a coffin, I'm out of here. I'm with Nimrod. I'm with, I'm with the Avodah Zorah side. I'm not taking it. And that's what he says to himself. 
Avraham Avinu walks into the fire. He walks out the other side. Couple of ashes. That was pretty easy. And it was like, oh, okay. Haran, you're next. Let's go. Now, no one even thought like, oh my gosh, somebody actually walked out of the furnace. Like, no, that, that, that was fine. Yeah. Somebody just walked out of a big furnace. Yeah, no big deal. That's good. Let's move the next one in. Haran, you promised that you're next. It's your turn. What's the big deal? Nice suntan. What do you care? Cheaper than going to Tel Aviv Beach. Off you go. Just rock up. So Haran says, okay, no problem. Turn up the temperature. He walks in. Dead. Comes out dead. Unbelievable thing. Unbelievable thing. The mysterious snefesh. The mysterious snefesh. He was going off that wrong. No problem. If it works for him, I'm going. I'm going to jump in the fire. But if it doesn't work for him, I'm out of here. I'm on the other side. The boy said there's a posik in Shiva And I think this answers up this week's parish in such a beautiful way. There's a posik at the end of Shiva Shivan, Perik Ches. Posik Tes. Im Choymehi. If you're a wall, Nifna Aleha. You will be built upon. Tiras Kesef, Vim Delesi. But if you're a door, not so Aleha Luach. Or it says Rashi. What does it mean? says, Rashi, if you're a wall, if you're strong, if you're steady, if you know where you are, and you know your purpose, you're a wall, you're steady, you're strong, the revenge will build on you. But if you're a delis, if all you are is a wall, and says, Rashi, you know what a wall is? Oh, you know what a door is? A door has hinges, and it goes from this way to this way, swings, sometimes it's on that side, Sometimes it's on that side. That's what Adelis is. Says the Pasuk in Shirishim, which is the love letter from the Rabbi Nishalaylam to Klal Yisrael. If you're a wall, I'll build on you. And if you're a door, you're wishy-washy. You know, sometimes I'm in the mood. Rabbi, I don't feel it today. I'm not in the mood. It's okay. I don't need to learn. I don't need to, I'm not in the mood. It's not my thing right now. I'm not feeling it, Rabbi. I'm not feeling it. You're a door. Wishy-washy. Sometimes as I, when it fits into your schedule, you'll do it. But if it doesn't, who needs it? You're a door. You're backwards, you're forwards. Sometimes you're there, sometimes you're not there. Baba, I've got to feel it. I'm not in it. I don't know. This man so far, I'm not feeling it. It's not, it's not working. It's not going. Then you're a delis, you're a door. You're wishy-washy. You're going backwards and forwards. I said the nafkamina is light because light who is light? the son of Horan what chinuch did he get? Horan sometimes Azoi sometimes Azoi if it's good I'm going after him if it's not good I'm not there that's the chinuch he had so light as long as he was with his Rebbe Avram good I'm in the yeshiva I'm in the Besmedrash I'm a good boy I do what I have to. I have my white shirt. Maybe I have my hat. Wow. I'm not even wearing my jeans. I'm in the base medrash. But the minute you leave the base medrash, straight to the movies, because you're no longer in the base medrash. This was Light. Light was somebody that only when he was with Avram, he was a door. If it's going good, I'm with Avram. I'm going after him. Over the moment he left Avram's presence, what happened? He sank to the lowest depths. Because he was wishy-washy. He was a door being delis. Zuk the Medrash and Medrash Rabbah. Choyma zu Avram. Azay shteit Medrash. 
That when Chazal tell us a choymah, what is a choymah? A wall? Who is this? Avram. Because Avram understood his purpose in this world. Avram understood there's a Rabbi Shalom. There's a purpose. I have to be an Ebed Hashem. I have to serve the Rabbi Nishalaylam. I have to get closer to the Rabbi Nishalaylam. I'm a wall. I'm steady. I'm going to do what I have to do. Whatever it takes. Is it hard? Yes. Are there going to be bad days? Yes. But we're a wall. And we do it anyway. But if we're a door. And we swing from side to side. That's terrible. That's horror. That's light. And look what happened to light. At the end of this week's parasha. Somebody once came to the Heilige Kotzke Rebbe. And the Rebbe saw that he was a newcomer in town. The Rebbe went over to him and said, Tell me, my dear son, what are you doing here? He said, Rebbe, I came to discover the Rabbi Nishalaylam. The Rebbe said, you made a terrible mistake. You came all the way here to discover the Rabbi Nishalaylam. You could have stayed at home and done that. That's not why you came. So he said, Rebbe, why did I come? He said, you came here to discover who you are. You came here to discover yourself. That, says the Kotzka, is why you came. I'll tell you, Mordeca Meitzner was a Yid in Germany that worked in the fashion business. Now, working in the fashion business was no easy thing. For a from Yid, the temptations, the Eight Sahara, everything that's attracting you is not from Torah. But he was a Yid that was so strong. He used to come every day to work with his little hat in his bag, and he would daven with a minion. It was unbelievable. And they went over to him and they said, How do you do it? How do you stay so strong in a world that's full of temptations? Nobody's looking at you. Nobody cares. What are you doing? How do you do this? You know what he said? He said, every night, before I go to sleep, I make a cheshven anefesh. I make a cheshven anefesh. Ma chayvosay ba'olomai. What was I sent to this world to accomplish? What was my purpose? What am I doing here? Why did I come to Eretz Yisrael? Trips, food, Pictures, falafel. That's why we came? Or we came for a purpose. And I don't know how many people ever thought about this. What are you doing here? And are you fulfilling that purpose? And he said, every night before I went to bed, I said, I need to think of this. And that made me stay on the straight and narrow when I had temptations and I had hard days and it was difficult. But I knew that ultimately I'm here for a purpose. And that purpose is to serve the Rabbi Shalom. He was a wall. He kept himself strong. Such an amazing thing we had today. The Heilige Yodzeit of Rameh Shapira's itself. What a yid, what a yid. A yid that not only did he, more lonely as establishing the Dafayomi, but he established the yeshiva, the Lublini yeshiva, which was the most incredible breakthrough in that time. The mysterious nevesh that he did for Torah for his Talmudian was unmatched. And I want to repeat the story that I said in Lublin, in his yeshiva. And that was that when the Lubliner became the Lubliner Rov, Shapiro, he was worldwide, he was known by everybody. But it wasn't always that way. At one point, when he was a very well-known Rov, he managed to go somewhere, and they had a train that was taking him somewhere, and everybody knew he was coming, they were excited. The Eilig Lubliner Rov is coming. This is Moedic. You can imagine there were hundreds of people waiting to get a bracha, to get a glimpse of the Lublinerov. He comes. People are waiting for brachas. People are waiting to speak to him. And he comes out. There's a woman there who says, Rabbi, do you remember me? We grew up in the same neighborhood. I was friends with your sister. I used to come to the house. And he said, oh yes. I'd like to speak to you later on. Privately. 
So the Gaboyim take down the number. She comes to me at an appointed time. And she has a meeting with Rabbi Nerov. And Rabbi Shapiro says the following story. He says, I want to tell you something. You may have forgotten about this, but I've never forgotten. You know that I established the Dafi Yomi. We know how many people in the world, thousands and thousands of people are learning, who perhaps never would have opened up a safe and never mind the Gemara in their lives, if not for Rabbi Shapiro. But he said, you know, when I was a young child, I had a dream. This was my dream, Dafi Yomi. I'm going to do this idea that the whole world are going to do the same daf. And it's an amazing thing, I experience it myself. When I do my trips to America, I remember one particular trip when I was one day in LA and two days later in Miami and two days later in Toronto and three days later in New York and then in Chicago. Every single place, wherever you go, in that shawl, they're doing Daffy Amy. It's unbelievable. He said, that was my dream. And you tried to put me off. And you said, eh, no one's going to do this. You have to remember, there was no phones. There was no way of quick messaging. How do you get the word out what Daffy is? How do you get things started? It was no way of doing these things. You tried to put me off. And I almost listened to you. And I almost never came up with the idea to the world of the Dafayomi. Can you imagine what the world would look like if I would have listened to you? But I stayed strong. And I realized that this is the right thing to do. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. There are going to be challenges. But that's life. And if all we are is we're a shaky door. Some days, yeah. Some days, no. We're not going to get anywhere. We're just not going to get anywhere. Just going to give you one last idea. Well, Modica, what it means, the Koyach HaRatzen. There was basically no reverend Talmud that was closer than the relationship of the Alt of Slabodka, Rav Finkel and his Talmud Meir Chodosh. They were clung together like you can't imagine. Wherever the Rebbe went, the Talmud went. The Rebbe turns to his Talmud one day and said, Listen, my dear Talmud, I know I love you normally to come together with me. This time I need to go by myself. Where's the Rebbe going? I'm going to Berlin. I'm going to Rebbe, I want to come. No. This is a private trip. I need to go by myself. So fine. The Rebbe wants to go by himself. The Rebbe should go by himself. And he went. And his Talmud, Nehachodesh, couldn't, he couldn't take it. After a couple of days, the Rebbe wasn't coming back. I need to go and see my Rebbe. So he takes a train and he goes to Berlin. Berlin is a little village. It's a huge place. He gets there. <laughs> Where do I go to find the altar? So he asks around. There's Rabbi Finkel around. Rabbi Finkel around. They said, listen, we don't know who he is, but if any rabbi comes to town... He goes and stays in such and such a hotel. So he goes to the hotel, and he says, there's Rabbi Finkel in this hotel. And they say, actually he is. He checked in a couple of days ago. He's here. He's probably in the dining room eating supper now. So he goes in, he sees the Rebbe. He's so excited, but he can't run over to him because you know, he doesn't want to be seen. The Rebbe would be upset. He told him to go by himself. But he wanted to know why did the Rebbe come. So he hid behind the curtain. And he saw the altar. He was talking to a man in a wheelchair who could barely speak, who could definitely not walk, who wasn't fully there. And he was talking to him for hours. But eventually the altar saw him and called him out. And he said, I can't believe you came here. Whatever. Eventually Talmud said, Rebbe, why did you come here? He said, oh, that man in the wheelchair, he wants to start a, he wants to start a koilo. So I came here to discuss it with him. Wow. He wants to start a koilo. I start a koilo in those days. Cost a lot of money. So he said, Rebbe, he's obviously a very wealthy man. He said, actually, he's not got a penny to his name. Well, so maybe he's a very influential person. He's able to get people to donate money. Actually, no. He doesn't know anybody. He's not fully with you. He can barely talk. He can't even walk. So, Rebbe, why did you come here? He said, I'll tell you why. Because he wanted to open up a koilo. And I had to come and speak to him. Because who am I to push away his rutsen? When a person wants to do something, when a person understands that it's the right thing to do, when he's a chaymah, when he's a war, 
when he understands we have a purpose, let's do something. He has to be steadfast. He has to know what he has to do. And I'll end with this. It's a murder of the Svasemes. asks Akasha. He says, Lech Why only Avraham Avinu? What about everybody else? We also want a piece of cake. We also want a piece of that. Says the Svasemes, he brings from Shimon Bayochai in the Zoya. Every single person got the call that Sivoy Lech Lecha. But only Avraham Avinu answered it. Who's going to answer the call? Thank you for listening.